Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What an honor it is to come across your broadcast and to be with you and uh, just to have this opportunity to be part of your community, just to have this opportunity, I think, to come together and say, God matters enough to me this morning where I want to be on learning what God's Word has to say about helping folks with PTSD. Those things. And man, we have a special day today. So it's Kevin and me again, but with us today, we have Betsy Resner. And, and Betsy's a pretty cool dude. I want you to know she's so cool. I called her Sarah for a while. Uh, Betsy's a missionary that works with children and things of that nature. And we're going to be talking about that. But good morning, Betsy. How are you doing this? morning. Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah. So Betsy is uh, coming to us from Ohio and we're just uh, kind of thrilled. You're going to hear a little bit from Betsy and then with me as always, my friend, Kevin, Kevin's coming to us. He's down at Fort Hood, Texas today. And you know, if you're in Texas, you might as well be in Fort Hood. Praise God. Brother, how's it going today? It's going great. It's a rainy Fort Hood day. But like you had said earlier before the broadcast, rain is a good thing in Texas. Yeah, thank God. Uh, boy, they need that rain. Not snow, though, and ice in the middle of winter. We remember that from a couple of years ago. But hey, listen, folks, we're going to start off with a word of the day about love. Now, love is a great word. There's so many places we can go with the word love. I just want to go a few here. And of course, I'll let Betsy and Kevin chime in on what I'm talking about here. But I love that verse over in 1 John 4 that said, he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love let all things be done with charity we know that charity is the King James word for love so let do all things with love love and uh, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son love so we we learn love we emulate love we know love so uh, here we are Betsy we're talking about children we're talking about love what are you thinking well, right away, something that comes to my mind is that a lot of times today, people have different definitions of love. And I have seen children where I've told them, I love you, and they pull back. They're kind of shocked because they're not thinking of a biblical kind of love. They're thinking more of a physical attraction like they see on TV and in media. And so for me, it's really important to define to children what love is biblically and also to help them understand there are different kinds of love that we can express. Um, some kinds God has designated for certain relationships. Others we're supposed to be showing to everyone. And a big thing that I think most of society today does is we tend to think that love is acceptance. Yeah. And I tell the children in my class, love includes accepting a person as he is. But if you truly love someone, you don't want to leave him in the state he is. You want to see that person grow. And so acceptance is a part of it, but it's not everything. And so we talk about how God does expect us to change, but he's expecting us to change, giving us that ability to do it if we've accepted him as our savior, because 
He loves us and he doesn't want us to continue in a stagnant state. He wants us to grow and he helps us do that. He gives us the power to do it. But I think that's just a really big thing. Helping children understand the world around us is going to define love one way, but God defines it differently. And he's the one that we need to go to for the true definition of the word. Great, great. So true. So true. Brother Kevin, when you hear that word love, what's coming to your mind? Well, I'll tell you what comes to my mind is the love of God. And um, what Betsy said there is is really the fact that that human relationships are a reflection of the love of God. And it, it you know, it hit me one day years ago. It says in Romans 5, I forget which verse, but it says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is there's Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. And, you know, God does give us the ability to, like Betsy said, to do what he told us to do. And, and the, the command of Christ, you know, the, the overarching command is love. And under that falls all these other things that please him. But, you know, it really is him loving through us. And uh, that's that's what comes to my mind. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I think that, you know, if, if we're trying to view love without any filter, uh, other than God, we're in the right place. But we need to filter God's word, what love looks like to God. God's love for us is unconditional. There's not a love on this side of heaven that's not conditional. I mean, we get upset with people, even the ones we love most. We, uh, you know, I I would love to say that I love Debbie unconditionally, and I really try. Uh, but there's some times, uh, you know, I fall short of that biblical type of love, obviously. And that what a great definition. So we've, we've all come together today. And so we're working with Betsy. And uh, Betsy's been working with kids. And we've, we've realized that, boy, there's a lot of people out there with PTSD who have kids who either have PTSD or going to get PTSD. And then we have kids who's just got PTSD on their own merit. And they're dealing with the hurts and things of that nature. And we know a couple couple things that God wants us to train up children. And uh, he reminds us in Psalm 127 that children are heritage to the Lord and the fruit of his womb is reward. Train up a child, the Bible tells us, the way he should go. And when he was old, he will not depart from it. Uh, and, and we know, and all children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. So, Betsy, here we are, one scripture after another. Uh, I could go on all day. I put my online concordance, children, and, uh, and Betsy, I mean all day. Uh, now, you work with children. You've got junk. Tell us about it. Tell us what's good. Boy, she sure does make a lot of noise. You know, you know you, Betsy's on the phone when you hear all that noise out there in the background. But, Betsy, talk to us. How you doing? Well, um, I'm just trying to figure out, are you wanting to know, like, what I've been doing for the past 10 or so years? Yeah, why don't we do that? And, uh, dude, listen. Just go. You got about four minutes before we go to our uh, radio break. Just what you've done for the past 10 years, what you've learned. At some point, I may go, hey, Betsy, hold that for a second. And uh, but, <laughs> but go ahead. Sounds good. Well, I've had the privilege. Um, once I finished college, I went into deputation and I've had the privilege of serving the Lord in Quebec, Canada for almost 10 years. Um, working with kiddos and teens and ladies in pretty much anything that the church has needed. Translation work figured into that too. But ever since I've been a child myself, I have just enjoyed being with children. I enjoy working with children. 
I was in a missions conference once where there were a number of people who were there as missionaries, but I remember seeing a couple of children off to the side, and I honestly thought I would rather hang out with them than with the adults, um, and so I did, and it was fun, and I love trying to reach children where they're at and help them understand how much God loves them, and He wants to be their very best friend and be there when other people can't be there for them. So one of the things I've been privileged to do is to teach in all sorts of grade levels. I've been in a four-year-old children's church. I've taught freshmen in college. I've taught junior high. And I've worked with refugees from Central African Republic, all sorts of things. And I was talking with a friend once about all these experiences God had blessed me with and all the children that he's brought into my life. And I was describing all of these issues that I got to deal with um, or got to help them deal with because of going through a war zone or because of living in a situation that's very um, unstable. And my friend said, I have never babysat a child in my life that had so many issues. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I think, I think God allowed this. I think he purposely allowed me to come across many children who had either developmental disabilities or they had um, emotional trauma in their lives. And I think he allowed that because he's basically given me a lot of training you could never get in a school type setting of learning how to try to reach these children where they're at. And one time I was talking with a fellow coworker about some of the kids and she said, oh, you know, they make me want to pull my hair out. And I said, well, me too. I mean, I'm sure I've got some white hairs because of them. But I said, if they were perfect, they would not need us and they wouldn't need God, but they're not perfect. We're not perfect either, but we all need God and God's put us here to help reach these children. And that means if I've got a child who is you know, not a young one in elementary school, and he's on the floor kicking and screaming and throwing punches. He's saying, I need help. And he's doing it, maybe not in the most mature way, but most of us, when we're really struggling, we don't always approach things in the best way possible. So he is saying, I need help with something. And God put me there to help him. So I need to learn how to reach out to him where he's at, not where I expect a 10-year-old or an 8-year-old to be, but where he is at. Um, another situation, there was a girl that it was just a lot of developmental delays with her mind. And again, someone said, you know, like this shouldn't be, we think we know what's causing it in the home. And I said, well, I agree with you. I think that the home situation is contributing to how her mind is processing things. But let's be honest, God didn't make you or me the parent in this situation. He made us Sunday school teachers, which means even though I think that she ought to be capable to do more than she currently is capable of doing, my job is not to belittle her for not being able to do developmentally what I expect in a child at this age. My job is to reach out to her where she's at. And if we sing Jesus loves me five times every Sunday, for the next six months, and that's what it takes for her to learn this song and memorize it, then at the end of six months, she knows Jesus loves me. 
Well, folks, we're right back with you. Thanks for hanging in there with us. For those of you who stick around just for the podcast side, you probably heard a couple sneezes in there. We're not getting Betsy quite up to par on the mute button yet, but she's going to be with us, man. Things are going to be changing. So six months worth of singing, Jesus loves me. And uh, boy, I like that. You know, if you're walking around earth saying Jesus loves me, no matter how developly, uh, developmentally, um, you know, back you might be, just knowing on this earth that Jesus loves you is a special, special place to be. And so, Betsy, we get all that done, and uh, we work with these kids. Give us some of the uh, results coming out the other end of this stuff. Well, it makes me laugh because, to be honest, I've never really seen a lot of, in my mind, clear results of the teaching that I've been privileged to do and, um, or nothing that you're going to necessarily write home and, you know, sounds really great. Like the Hallmark movie ending, you know, I taught these kids for six years and now it's just wonderful. Um, I think like anything else, children growing and developing, it's like watching a plant grow. And when you're close to it, you just don't see the influence you have on their lives. Sometimes it takes time. And I was at one point, I got to speak to some college students who were studying missions and going to go into missions. And I said, you know, if, if you're going into missions because you think you're going to have a Sunday school class all crowding around you saying, oh, Miss Betsy, we just love you. And we love hearing you teach us about Jesus. And it's just amazing. And I said, if you think that's going to happen, um, maybe you need to reevaluate why you're going to the mission field. <laughs> because I said, the reality is that I, at that point, I was waking up on Sunday morning dreading going because I knew of how many difficulties I was going to be facing. And every Sunday, I would have to almost literally reach up my hand and say, God, I can't do this. I need your help. I need you to go with me and help me with these children because I had so much being thrown at me that I just was not prepared for dealing with. Yeah. Um, I think anyone who's walked into a situation where no one's warned you a child is autistic or cannot speak, um, that was a very interesting situation. They did not warn me. There was a boy who was unable to form words, even though he was old enough. And, you know, it's nice to know these things ahead of time so that you're kind of prepared to know how to deal with them. But sometimes you don't get that. Um but I encouraged the students, I said, but if you know that this is what God has called you to do and that God prepared this, this is one of those good works he's prepared for you before the beginning of the world and that he wants you to do this. Well, that's perfect. So Betsy, our plan, our hope, our prayer, our wish is to develop some curriculum so that people uh, can take this curriculum, not only have, vi- you know, curriculum and videos. So not only have curriculum, but also have videos to go along. So something like an outline slides and, you know, how does somebody go about using this standardized, uh, Betsy type of stuff to help kids in their church who've been hurt, have parents who hurt the terrible things in life. Have, have you seen anything like that before? Well, I think the biggest thing is to just go back to what the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, that the greatest of these is charity, and that we need to be showing that love and taking the time to show that love to children who are struggling and their parents. And you can, you can have the best curriculum in the world, 
and the greatest things written down. But if the message isn't being pulled in love in a loving way, you know, then it falls flat. So I think that's the biggest thing, just understanding that wherever a person is at educationally, developmentally, mentally, emotionally, physically, we need to love these people. And that means taking time to be aware of what's going on and giving children the opportunity to express themselves. Because unfortunately, I've noticed as adults, we tend to be so busy and so focused on what we're doing. We, we kind of overlook those little moments when they're trying to see, is this adult willing to listen to me? Will this adult give me time when I need it? And is this, you know, and is the church pulling up something relevant, right, Kevin? I mean, just, uh, you know, so often kids get the same, uh, the same kind of lessons regurgitated on an annual basis. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, relevance and, and uh, uh, with the world, with the culture that's going on out there is, is so important. You know, the fact is many times when we're teaching children, whether it's in the home or in a Sunday school or whatever, they're, they're tuned out. And, um, you know, they're tuned out because they're distracted. They're thinking about a ball game or thinking about it or whatever. But um, it may be that they're that they are really hurting. And they you know, this PTSD curriculum for children, I am super excited about because, um, you know, there are needs that are that are below the surface. I have a friend in my home church in Kansas, a good friend, and he works for a public school and he has a. um, I don't know what his job is, but he he shared a recent prayer request. He said, you know, pray. We're going through something in one of our classes. One of the kids was really, as he was a teen, young teen, he was really acting up. He was not doing right at all. And <coughs> excuse me. And so he uh, he was taken out. This guy that I know took him out in the hallway. Uh, you know, I'm sure he felt like beating him up. But what he ended up doing is finding out that the kid his dad committed suicide the night before. And, um, you know, there's just that you see the way kids are acting like Betsy was saying. And then if we can parse through what's going down to the relevance of, Hey, what, what are they going through? And, um, you know, I'm just super excited about the fact that, you know, we deal with kids in this military ministry whose parents, came back from deployment different and uh you know a a parent came back blown up or something and they're emotionally a wreck and everything and it's just eating up these kids so man how important is it just what you're saying to bring this the love of god to them where they're at in a way that uh, addresses you know their need and says hey god understands god god's not god's not mad at you and what you've experienced is not um, it's for your good. And, and let's, let's seek the Lord. Let's learn more about Jesus. In fact, I was just reading the scripture as Betsy was talking. It says, whosoever shall give a, this is Matthew 10, 42, whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones, a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, barely I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. And, uh, you know, that really struck me because I'm more familiar with Matthew 18, 6, where it says, but whosoever shall offend one of these little ones and the whole millstone thing being hanged about his neck. Um, But it also says giving a drink of water specifically in the same verbiage, you know, unto one of these little ones. 
And I'm thinking, man, that's what we're trying to do is to bring something to these, you know, kids that are just thirsting for someone who cares. Yeah. And that's such a big thing. There's so much out there. We never know. We used to run, I was like a junior church pastor at one of my first churches. And, um, I, I gotta tell you, it's one of those things where half the kids, I'm certain half those kids were a mess. You know, it was, it, it just was, um, for example, uh, you know, they're foster homes. No one loves them. Uh, sharing a bedroom with seven people, parents don't talk to them, would pick them up. We would have to feed them two meals on Sunday so they would be fed properly. I mean, there's a world out there of things going on with kids. And, and Betsy, we have no connection to these things. We we don't understand where, you know, we have no idea that people aren't being fed properly. We have no idea that, you know, new stepmom, new stepdad, uh, new foster parents, uh, are, you know, are causing these kids to go crazy. And we've got this short amount of time where we exude God, where we, uh, where we represent God or something real in their lives. Right. Yeah. And the Bible does say mine eye affecteth my heart. It's, I know of people who say that they don't feel that burden for their local community. And, um, a friend of mine said, then get out there. <laughs> you need to start meeting people and getting to know them or getting to know the children God has put in your class at church, you know, visiting them, which takes time. And um, it's very helpful to have a second person along just in case it's a kind of scary neighborhood. But um, I think the biggest thing, again, is just taking time. And I know that at one point I had some children going through some pretty rough stuff. It was not at home. It was from the community because they were refugees from a different country and looked different, spoke a different language. And I was just burdened that they were children were going through being rejected and being told, go home, go back where you came from. I couldn't imagine an adult telling a child no. to do that when a child has just come through, you know, a, a terrible refugee and war situation. But I was so burdened. It bothered me for weeks. And then I finally prayed, which is what I should have done at first. And the Lord reminded me that, see, you can't be there all the time, but I can be there. You teach them to love me. You make your classroom a safe place where they can ask their questions, where they can hear the truth. And then you, you give them to me. I will be with them if they trust me as their savior and I will go with them and I will give them wisdom to know how to handle those situations when you won't be there to protect them. Yeah. And so, you know, that was my goal then. All right. I want these children to leave my class knowing that Jesus loves them. He wants to be their very best friend and help them through life, which is messed up and has some rough spots. And also I want them to know that, as much as humanly possible, Miss Betsy loves them and wants them to know they're welcome, and this is a safe place. Yeah, and, and and that's really our whole goal in life is right there. Is you know when we're ministering to children, when we're uh, when God gives us that 
excellent opportunity and, and what a joy it is to be given an opportunity to minister to children. Our goal is so that they see God's love through us and the time they spend with us is an awesome time. And then also, if of course, if we know somebody who's being physically uh, or mentally abused, you know, we're mandated reporters. And of course, we go to the local authorities, but there's so much. I want to talk about this again tomorrow with Betsy. I think this is, uh, again, we have to reach out to our children. There's so much pain there. You know, I often tell people that, you know, my dad left my mom a few years later, well, about a year and a half later, a man showed up and great guy. And then over the next year, year and a half or so, he worked himself right into our family and turned out to be pretty awesome. Sadly, it took me about 10 years to realize just how great he was for us. And um, But there are so many families that don't have a great guy come along. There are so many families that don't invest, uh, step-parents and stuff, don't invest in their children's lives and, and loving them and caring for them. And honestly, so many don't know. And it's a great evangelism tool. Well, hold all this together. We're coming right back with this tomorrow. We're going to talk to Betsy again tomorrow. And I want to thank Betsy and Kevin and let you folks know if there's anything we can do for you. Uh, please make sure you reach reach out to us at the Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page or you just throw me a line at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. We sure do love you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.